Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of our American Scouser podcast. I am Gally sitting in the big chair for Tamutin hosting tonight. And so far this evening, I am going to be uh, here with Jamie from Wilmington, North Carolina with his brand new Wilmington banner. Well displayed, Jamie. Jamie, how are we doing tonight, buddy? Ah, uh, mate, I'm biting my fingernails off, waiting, counting down the minutes, counting down the hours. Can't wait. I'm hyped up. I don't think I'll sleep like a kid at Christmas. I know the feeling, my friend. I know the feeling. Uh, it's been that way for about a week, week and a half for me, I got to say. Uh, but we'll get <laughs> to that a little bit further as we get deeper into this. So let's jump right in. Uh, we're going to start like we do every Thursday, and that is with Jamie's Liverpool news in 60 seconds. That is right, Reds. Let's get stuck in. Um, kind of non-LFC, the England squad has been revealed. It's been left uh, leaving out Hendo and including Trent this time around. So good for Hendo and good for Trent, I uh, have to say. Um, news coming out of the club recently is that Liverpool have cancelled 13 unlucky tickets. Uh, number 13 unlucky for some. Um, that have been put up for sale online. Further sanctions may be dealt out uh, believe even a lifetime ban has been talked about. So only 19,618 tickets have been allocated to the Reds. Now that's down to 19,605, if you could do the math, quick math. Um, staying on the ticket news, uh, a house has been raided in Cheshire, uh, about 40 miles outside of Anfield, following some fake tickets being sold to Liverpool fans. That's horrible news, absolutely. Um, you know, price gouging and all the rest, that's just horrible to, to hear. Um but uh, moving on to some player news, um, we all know that Origi is going to be leaving the club. He was given the guard of honour for his eight years. Um, eight years totaled 175 appearances and 41 goals. Doesn't seem like much, but it's kind of like dog years, isn't it, Galley? It's like one equals seven, <laughs> it seems to be. Um, but Salah has, has gleefully announced that he will be in red next season, no matter what. And whilst we're on big names... Sadio Mane has today promised special answers will be following the final. Um, so stay tuned for that on his future. But finally, as I'm sure we all know, the news that young Fabio Cavallo will be joining us on the 1st of July. He will become a red, a first team red by the signs of things. So uh, that's the news in 60 seconds. We're never going to stop, lads. Let's go. Beautiful, Jamie. Thank you very much. Uh, great job as always giving us a quick minute. That might have been even even supercharged Jamie 60 seconds. I think it went over the 60 seconds. But we completely understand that. <laughs> as usual, as usual, our first comment is our number one fan, Alan. Greetings from a grieving Texas. Uh, Alan, I'm not going to say thoughts and prayers. I'm sick of thoughts and prayers. We're not going to touch on that topic because we have a lot of positives. But I think uh, it would go warranted for us to take a little moment here and just acknowledge what you guys are going through down there and all the families affected. Uh, we're very, very sorry for that. It's always hard to transition from something like that. So we'll come over to uh, Sparky Parky with a quick good evening, guys, and our resident sound friend, Chris Train, saying hello uh, from the great state of Tennessee. On the topic of fake tickets, because everyone loves a good galley story about being an asshole, first time I got fake tickets Never. was... First time I got fake tickets was in Albany, New York in 1997. It was a, or 95. It was a Grateful Dead show. And we got fake tickets. We got to the counter. The ink was coming off in my hand. I couldn't tell if it was the ink or the mushrooms. It was the ink. Uh, but I did figure out a way, if you can believe it, I charmed the guy at the counter, slipped him another 50 or or $100, and the rest of the weed I had, and we got in the nosebleed seats me and my two friends. So almost a terrible weekend. Well, it was kind of terrible. We went to see the Grateful Dead in Albany after Jerry couldn't stand. But that's a story for a different day. So a different, we're going to get podcast. in. <laughs> nah, it, all, it all fits in with the fake ticket sales, obviously. It does, it does, it, it does. Shows. Good segue. Don't buy fake tickets. And don't be a terrible person selling fake tickets. If you're listening to this podcast, person who tried to hoodwink me outside of Knickerbocker Arena, you're still an asshole 25 years later. So we'll move on here. Um, we're going to head into Sunday's match. Jamie, we want to get your thoughts. 
Talk to me, uh, Jamie, a little bit about the emotions. We don't need to recap the match because honestly, sure, at this sure. point, the outcome means nothing. Talk to me yeah. from minute zero to maybe minute 60. Let's start with Villa up 2 0. So, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do you one better. I'll go I'm very at the start. I, I like to be first in the bar and, and, and usually I'm, I'm beaten by a, by a couple, maybe two or three into the bar first. And I like to be there to welcome everyone. But, um, you know, my initial thought was, look, City are going to be three nil up at halftime and this is going to be inconsequential. Right. And, you know, I've read everywhere from people from the Anfield rap to the Redman TV, you know, it's the hope that kills you. Um, and it really was, you know, two nil, two nil up and, and we're all losing our mind. Um, I don't know, Alan. Who is taller, Gally? What height are you? I'm six. Like I'm like six two. Jamie's almost. Jamie's about a half a foot taller than me, as we've described the podcast. This is before Alan heard the reference of being built like a fifteen year old boy, uh, and that might be lying. Uh, yeah, Jamie's got me by quite a bit. But sorry, we digress. As people yeah, want to learn two nil, two nil, uh, two nil. Emotions are through the roof. Um, then you know, at that stage, we're still drawing. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's the hope that kills you. Many, many better um, public speakers have said that as well. But uh, like, um, yeah, it, it was difficult to take. But, you know, at the end of the day, we we kind of walked into it knew that it was out of our hands anyway. It's always been out of our hands. It's been out of our hands now for a while since we were 14 points down. But none of that takes away from the pride that was in my heart the whole way through the game. Like listening to our fans, um, listening to my little little group here in Wilmington, North Carolina was fantastic. You know, the, there was sure there's a few downhearted people, but you know, how can you be that downhearted for that long when there's still a massive game on the line? Like we're coming up on Saturday, we've already got two trophies in the bag. Um, I mean, it's it, it's hard to dwell on those feelings for too long because we're never going to stop and, and and that sort of that sort of defeat when you know when you when you when you want to win big sometimes you got to lose big like Klopp said that that is going to spur us on so much next season and you know all we need to do is beat City once or or twice in the league and that's a different story um and I'm not I'm not by any chance or or any means uh, fault in any of our results this year. That's the way the cookie crumbles, you know. Um, but all we need to do to move forward is is beat City once or twice in the league moving forward. And and, and doesn't matter how many hundred million pound signings they've got. You know, Joel Joel Maddock gets the same goals as as Jack Grealish. You know, <laughs> one cost nothing and one cost a hundred mil. Um, so bring on your Hallands, bring on all all your your City boys spending money and. Um, and grit and honest hard work and determination and passion will will get us through. So Sparky Parky says, you know, we were never in front. <clears throat> and I think he makes an, an outstanding point uh, prior to the match in the pubs, uh, talking on the bus ride over to the stadium. You know, we were talking as a group that we just we needed to put one in early. We needed to put the pressure on them. Um, the conversation was, was they don't have a leader. And that was my take. You know, there's no Vincent Company. Vincent Company would have grabbed them by the scruff of the neck and dragged them over the line five years ago if they needed it. I mean, he, he basically won that first title. Um, and, and really, even the title against us, we all remember the worldly against Leicester. Uh, he remembers it, too, because he still hasn't opened his eyes and he can't believe it happened. Um, but, you know, they don't have a leader. And I thought if, if that same energy that ran through Anfield after the first goal, and especially after the second. I think if we could have popped one in early, the fact that we fell behind as early as we did probably almost made them sit back on their heels, even at nil-nil, and even down to one-nil, they were like, hey, they're still drawing over there. Um, and I think that was really big. I think that had a lot to do with it. I also think the Tiago injury in the first half, you know, plays into the psyche of the squad, not again, you know, pip for the title. So the second goal happens. Talk to me about what's happening at the duck and dive. Delirium. And goes up 2-0. Delirium. Absolute delirium. Because we had, you know, we all kind of face 
a, a selection of TVs. They're all facing this way. As you come in through the front door, all the TVs are facing you, except for one that's on, on the back wall as you walk in. So we had that one on City. And we, you know, there, everybody was, you know, the whole the, the, the whole tennis routine. You know, when you're watching spectators watch a tennis match, they're going left to right, left to right. That's what it was like. We were getting whiplash just going left to right, left to right the whole time. Um, especially as the games wore on. But um, look, you know, you've always got to have one eye on City. But like uh, like Sparky says, we were never in front. And and yes, you know, I, I certainly get your your perspective that that um, you know the the spectators in the ground in the stadiums can sway a game. You know, the the cop can always suck a goal in, and and that can transpire uh, over over to the Etihad and um, and make things more stressful for them, but. Let's not kid ourselves. They've, they've got the quality. They may not have a leader, but they've got the quality to, to go and score three goals in a couple of minutes. So it's um, a, a cautious optimism. Uh, uh, but, you know, it, it was it was bedlam. It was delirium for a minute. We were we were right on the cusp of it. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure there was a shirt or two flying in the air. Um as Coutinho puts that one in and, and kind of rolls back the years. And you kind of recall that goal against City in, what was it, 17, 18 or 18, 19? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said initially, like you you can't take nothing away from these Reds. That feeling of pride in, in all of our hearts, it, it's, um, it's, it's sponsored by... Liverpool Football Club and, and Jurgen Klopp and, and and each and every single one of the players and staff members and dinner ladies and and brain surgeons and whatnot that are working behind the doors. You know, you've seen all the guys with their um, uh, their sensors on their heads and everything. I mean, they're, they're, from top to bottom, we've got um, we're on top of it, you know, and, and we may not have been on top of City, but I guarantee you they were. They were nervous. Sparky Parky says, um, it was a great emotional ride. Long may it continue. And what a good way to segue. Um, if anyone watching um, live right now or seeing the video replay will see that there's the, the ticker at the bottom talking about following us on Twitter, following us on our website. And if you have been lucky enough to be following our website yesterday, you would have saw a great article uh, that was published by David Rice, and it was disappointment, anticipation, and defining moments. And there was a subline basically about what the reflection over the weeks to come will be. I highly recommend everyone take a gander over. If you're not following us, please give it a like, a share, and a follow. Uh, but read this piece if it's the only piece you read this week, because I think it'll put your mind into a balanced place of what is to come, and what we have all just been a part of and shared together. Uh, we I'll tell you what it done for me, Gally. It, it got the hairs of my arms stood up. It, it, if, if that article doesn't get you fired up, it doesn't take much to get me fired up. <laughs> but if that article can't raise your heart rate just a hair, can't, can't get you uh, feeling good again about, about where we are, it's fantastic. I'm almost glad that uh, old Sassy isn't with us tonight um, because we can kind of talk about it and, and not get him too bashful. It's a fantastic piece. Um, it really is. And, and look, do yourselves a favor, take five minutes and, and read it. It's, it's a fantastic article. He's not just a fantastic artist. He's a fantastic writer and he's one of us. And and, and go out there, do yourselves a favor and, and get fired up for the weekend. Good and early. And I know we don't need, I don't, we don't need much encouragement. If you're anything like me, anything like Galley, you don't need much encouragement, but but Rice does a fantastic job. Friend of the podcast, BJ chimes in. Rice does the best stuff, and the article was absolutely brilliant. And I have to agree, um, from its content to its insight, uh, the points that he makes, but more importantly, really looking at the season as a whole. I'm not just quantifying the win or the loss. But really looking at, you know, the fact that that this points total we had would have been good enough to win the league 22 out of the 30 years it's been named the Premier League. Um, it's more points than Fergie 
ever had in any one single season as manager of United. Think about that. Three times we've outscored Fergie's best seasons and didn't win titles. Um, that speaks to the level of quality at our club. It also speaks to the competitive nature that City is putting us in. And they are pushing us on. So for everyone that wants to call them the money-grubbing, disgusting oil, sovereign wealth funds, that they are. That they right? are. <laughs> but they are pushing us on to greater heights. And yes, we do it on a cheaper budget. And yes, we do it with maybe less big name talent, but just as much talent. And we do it with a camaraderie and we do it with a team. And we do it in a way in which that I believe the emotions from that city carry through and are played out. And I will share now that, you know, for those of you who aren't in our Discord channel or don't know that Megan and I were at the final match, I'll tell you now, you'll probably hear about it today on the podcast. And then, well, every day that you hear me speak until I go again, I'll probably <laughs> be talking about that trip. Um, I think my wife has already started to plan our trip so she can stop hearing about the last five days. Uh, but it was amazing. And what was the most amazing for me, it really wasn't meeting ex-players or the question and answer sessions with European champions or having beers in the Arkles or running into Tyler Morton in the park. And all of these things happened. It was connecting with the people of the city and understanding what it meant. And I'm going to say something now. And I'm going to bring my man, Sparky Parky, up on the screen, even though this isn't what I'm about to talk about. Um, but he is right outside of the top three or four. It is a weaker league. But Sparky Parky made a big point about why we needed Everton to stay up. And I sided with the idea that it would be fun to see him go down. And I love the idea of it. And I, you know, and I still assign with Kazi that it would have been great to see them go down for the banter and the shit talking that could happen. But I was there on Thursday night when they won safety. And to see what transpired after that. Um, it was hilarious to see them celebrate like they won the league. And we just laughed at them in the streets in their ugly blue uniforms. But the passion and the camaraderie and the amount of Liverpool supporters who were actually cheering them on in their moment, um, just for them to basically root for City on the same street corners we were clapping them off of, yep. and then root for Paris, you know, for Madrid and Paris. But we got the last laugh because we wear red, they wear blue. And let's be totally honest, they're still Everton next year, and Richarlison still plays for their team. So while we kind of move off of before I think we it's jump a great point you make, though, Gally. Sorry, I, I, I do yeah, yeah. think I do think it's a great point you make about the uh, about the Blues. Um, but one thing just about City, and then I'll say one thing about the Blues, and then we can move on. Um, even if we just won the Carabao Cup this year, we'd still have more people out in the streets celebrating the open top bus drive, and we've well, got two two trophies this. to celebrate right now. But moving on from that to the Everton fans. I think, yes, relegation, yes, spot the difference, right? <laughs> Even if we just had the Carabao Cup, mate, there, there'd still be more fans out in the street celebrating that. But anyway, you know, we can talk about that more in a second. To the Everton relegation battle thing, you know, relegation isn't a death sentence. You know, I've got plenty of Geordie mates, Geordie season ticket holders who... You know, when they got relegated, the banter was fantastic, lads. The banter was brilliant. They're going to come up. You know they're going to come up. It's Everton. If they got relegated, they would come up. It's not a death sentence. You know, they're not down there forever. Um, So, I don't know. I, I feel like, yes, there's a, a certain, the friendly the friendly rivalry between Everton and, and Liverpool. It is, you know, it splits households. It splits families. It It, it, it is that tight-knit. Um, as much as I would have laughed my arse off to see them relegate it, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna begrudge them their celebrations. Um, you know the the Patrick Vieira thing and all the rest. We kind of talked about when you were away um, last Thursday. I don't know if you caught last Thursday's podcast, but it was great. Um, I did, I did give a casual thought to you out in the streets. I was kind of hoping you were maybe wearing a Liverpool 
kit or something <laughs> and like witnessing their celebration. But you know what? You can't begrudge them that. At the end of the day, we're European royalty and, and they're celebrating um, surviving. Yeah, I have to be totally honest. Um, last Thursday at 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, or 1 a.m. there, so 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I was not listening to the podcast. I was <laughs> knee-deep in starting basically a three-day bender. Um, but I You were drinking this, it all in. I don't know if it was the energy, the angst, or the excitement, um, but I really never got hungover. I would say I never got drunk, but that would be a bold-faced lie. And well, Megan can attest to that. A, a better a better statement would be you never sobered up. <laughs> Probably the fairest thing, Jamie. I barely slept. So um, what would be a podcast without a story or two? What would be a podcast without a rant? So going to take us up here for a second and kind of go to something. Jamie, going to get a little break for a moment and bring you into what I thought was maybe the most special piece of the pre-match uh, preparations, which was uh, the bus coming in uh, at Anfield and why my image isn't coming up here. We'll see if it loads. But the overall experience, bringing in the bus, the red flares, had my brand new kit, was so excited. Um, we were all there singing songs, kids, parents, old people alike. And then, well, this douchebag in the upper right-hand corner. We're going to zoom in so we can shame this man for the level that he should be shamed. It's this guy right here with the flare-like sparkler that he decided to light fella. off. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, the, yeah. it's the bald fella and his buddy. He's recording it. These are actually on-fire flares that he is holding like a Roman candle over our yeah. heads. They're spraying on children, they're spraying on women, um, and they're spraying on my buddy Ross. I decide to go put out Ross's jersey, to which point a little nick hits my shoulder and burns my brand new $100 kit. Do I really care? Not that much. I'm walking back into the stadium when I text Kelly and let her know that I've been hit by a flare and I have a hole in my jersey, to which she replies, well, aren't you happy you didn't buy that brand new red one? Which I then replied, um, well, Megan and I went to the store this morning. I did. So, note to self, see in the bus, show your passion. If you can't afford a ticket or don't get a ticket, don't ruin other people's time by standing up on a fence. Light off smoke cans, light off flares all you want, but keep it safe around people. Because honestly, my friend was actually on fire with a flame burning off the back of a cloth jersey. I was lucky mine was like the new polyurethane type, the player's kit, and it didn't cause any damage. Someone really could have been hurt. It could have went in their eyes. You know, everyone's out for a great day. Don't be an asshole. Be better than that. That's and next I time this. I come to Liverpool, don't be on that fence. Because I don't <laughs> care who you are. If you have a sparkler, I'm probably coming for you. We're, and, we're all here yeah. for Galley's rants, aren't we? Like, I mean, look, you're absolutely right, Galley. I mean, I, that's why I love these smoke canisters. Because um, they're not flares. And when I hear, you know, like Harvey Elliott and Mo Salah and, and even Richarlison throwing the flare back into a crowd, it's a smoke canister. Yes, it can still do damage, but you're going to need to like press that up against your skin or something like an idiot. Like it's just emitting smoke. Yes, it'll be hot, but it's not a Roman candle. It's not a pyrotechnic, you know. Um, you know, uh, part of me also wants to go with the old cliche. If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. You're going to get a bit of shit thrown at you. You know, all that stuff. I hate to see it. And you're absolutely right. It is dangerous. Having a Roman candle out there is asking for trouble. But, um, yeah, like like we said off air, Gally, at least you've got a story to tell and, uh, and a, a, a forever memory of, on your shirt and in your, <laughs> again, forgive the pun, burned into your mind. <laughs> Pretty much. And, and, and we do have some arseholes amongst us. Um, 
hopefully they are just a few. Uh, Sparky, to your point, I saw so many fewer of that. I could give you so many stories. On my way back to Dublin from Manchester, I sat in the airport with uh, a great guy, uh, Robert Kennedy, and his son, Max, who flew in the day before. They were walking around looking at the murals, and they thought they had to drive their car back to city center to catch a cab in until the owner of the home that the Jordan Henderson was on walked out and handed him his parking sheet and said, you go park here. Don't take your son out of here. And he told me it changed the entire experience because they got to stay the rest of the day and multiple hours after. And I got the guy's business card. I've already emailed him. He's probably listening to the podcast tonight. We talked for an hour before we jumped on the plane. It was just absolutely amazing. And that's one story. And I have 25 to 50 more. And I promise to share basically one of them on every podcast until all of you stop listening. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I'm still going to tell you anyways. Don't stop listening. So before we jump off that, I do want to give a quick shout out um, to Megan. Megan White, who runs our social media, does an amazing job on Instagram. She hooked me up with this tour package. She was my personal tour guide, as Kelly would say, my babysitter. Probably the only reason I was allowed to leave the country without my better half was that she knew I had someone thinking for me like she would be if she was there. Thank you for that. Thank you to Ken uh, and Ross Solomon for hooking us up in in this uh, trip. And of course, you know, the legends that I met, Sammy Lee, uh, Alan Kennedy, um, Peter Carney, just amazing group of human beings, the Arkles Pub. Uh, if you haven't been there, get over there. And for that, if you've never been there or you have been there, don't throw it in people's faces. It's a moment of a lifetime, but it's not a moment everyone gets to have in their lifetime. Absolutely. So we can all enjoy the match the way that we do. And nobody's a bigger Reds fan just because they've made it to Anfield or they've seen them stateside or they've seen them in Singapore or they've seen them in Canada. And, you know, for that, we're going to jump out and we're going to really roll in now. Um, to the topic at hand, which is preparation for Saturday, the Champions League final, um, 3 p.m. Eastern. Could they make it any later in the day? Could they give me any more time for heartburn? Could they give me any more time for anxiety? I pretend and think I'm going to work that morning. There's no fucking chance. I'm just going to start drinking from the moment I get up. Um, And Jamie, initial thoughts leading into the match, how we stack up, what are the concerns that you'd have based on what you've seen both with us and Madrid in recent months? None, mate. None, no concerns. I'm confident. Um, perhaps too confident. Um, and, you know, I'm a product of, of this Jurgen Klopp side. They've made me into this glass half full red. Um, you know, in the Roy Evans days and all the rest of it, maybe I, I wasn't. Um, probably a bit younger and a bit more naive back then too. But yeah, I'm I'm very confident into this game. Um, you know, they've they've had to put in some hard work, and a lot of people can level the fact that we've had an easy draw to the final. We haven't. We we've had the group of death. We've had some big games. You know, we've played the champions of 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 Portugal and and Italy and blah blah blah. All these other teams. You know, it's like we haven't had an easy run, but we've we've dealt with it easy. And how we've come through it looks like it's been made easy. Real Madrid have had to slog through it. Um, I honestly think that we've got a better squad. Um, I seen some people in the in the in the in the Discord today saying not too worried about the midfield. The midfield is where I would probably say they've got the better names not players i would say they've got the better names uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily worried about the midfield either i'm just saying that um midfield is going to be the key to winning this game um not to mention the the back line taking care of of of, of benzema and uh and, and young uh vini um vinicius but um I'm I'm quietly confident. Um, well, no, fuck that. I'm not quietly anything. I'm confident. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm never quiet. Anybody who knows me knows I'm never quiet. Um, but yeah, I think we've got the better squad pound for pound. I think, you know, there's a lot riding on us. We, we don't get beaten by teams in white. 
Um, it's Paris, it's Real Madrid going back to, to I mean, you you spoke to Kennedy, you know what I mean? Alan Kennedy, 19, what was it? 81 and 84. 81, 81 and 84. He scored the penalty in 84 and he scored the, yeah. The winning so, goal. The only player, the only player to win two European championships on his foot. Yeah. The penalty that he probably shouldn't have taken. If you've watched the boot room boys or like yourself, listen to, to Alan Kennedy. <laughs> He, he had no right taking that penalty because he said he, he practiced penalties the week before and he missed every one of them. <laughs> he actually he actually told us that um, Bruce Gobbler walked up to him and ag- and Gobbler actually said to him, to the manager, to Fagan, why is he taking this shit? <laughs> I have a better chance to make it than him. What are you doing? And he said that when he kicked it, he was low and he was aiming for, I think it was the bottom right-hand corner. And the fucking thing went in the top left. Uh, and he said, all I did Nick- was run. And he said he ran to go celebrate. And he had all these ideas in his head and all these different things. And then he jumped and went. Because he just froze. Because <laughs> he, he couldn't believe it happened. Well, the first goal was- in 1981 where he scores, he as soon as he hits it, he's off. He knows it. Like, he hits it and he's off. So, in the 81, he's a left back. He just goes, I think he was beside, like, Tomo or somebody. He just goes. I'm I'm going up front. I'm going up front, and sure enough, he he gets the ball inside the the box, pretty much in the six yard box, and just pumps one into the top. He he said that he tried Same to thing. hit the far cor- he tried to hit the far corner, but he hit the near post by complete accident, and it just went in the roof of the net. And as soon as he hit it, his arms come up like a like a knee jerk reaction. He he's off celebrating. I mean, Alan Kennedy. The, the best left back and 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 Robbo, I love you. Timmy Samikas, I love you. But Alan Kennedy's Alan Kennedy. Got, got a little like, ways to go. Still like got some said, ways to go. Like you said, he's won two European Cups. And, and and let me tell you, he is a salt of the earth man. Uh he walked into the Arkles pub. He walked into the Arkles pub on Sunday. A bunch of people started screaming his name. I kind of looked at him. And he was getting pissed. He yelled at the kid, why are you yelling my name? I'm not here to see all of you. I'm here to see certain people. I said, Alan, who are you here to see? He looked me right in the face and he said, you, you asshole. (laughs) And then I walked him outside to where we were all drinking. And we created a Liverpool supporter's shield around him. So people couldn't get on him on the street while he sat there and talked to the guys from our tour group. It was so much fun. I I highly recommend uh, anyone taking a look. So... Um, you talked about the midfield, Jamie. I was one of those people making the comments. Um, yeah. I'm not taking anything away from Cruz, Modric, and Casemiro, but I do believe with the aging defenders, injuries that they have, uh, their back line can be got at. Outside of the fact that Courtois is playing at top, top level, maybe as good as any other keeper in the world and has for the last year to year and a half, uh, their defense can be gotten at. And I think their midfield against Spanish royalty, against slow-moving Italian teams, can still dominate with Cruz and Modric in the midfield. Um, But I think they're going to play Valverde and not Rodrigo. And I think that's going to make them more defensive. I think that whether it's Thiago or Keita, a fit Henderson and Fabinho midfield will be too quick for them. And I think our press will hurt them. And I, for one... Kamavinga, I mean, do you think he'll start? Because there, look, I I rate that kid highly, and I mean, I know there's a lot of talk about um, Chua Chuameni and him joining Real Madrid, but I think Kamavinga is fantastic. I, I I he's what he's got to be 21, 22 as well. Um, he's one of those players where they've kind of utilized him fairly sparsely. You know, they, they can just plug him in 55, 65 minute mark. Um, there's, there's an opportunity for a player like that to start and then bring, that's kind of where I'm at with Tiago as well. Like if Tiago's 80% or 75%, maybe you start him as opposed to bringing him into the game, because I would hate to use two subs or lose two subs just because he's not much fit. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
it, let's say Naby starts, you you plug in Tiago for Naby, and then Tiago takes a knock, and then you have to take him out and put Curtis Jones in or something. You know what I mean? It's it's like if ifs and buts and pots and pans, right? But um, five subs, we could have five midfield five subs, injuries. Right? We could have five midfield injuries, and somehow someone would still come in before Ox. But right, absolutely. I think you made a great point at the start of uh, start of this topic too, with um, a fully fit Henderson and a fully fit Fabinho. Even if Fabinho isn't fully fit, I want Hendo in that game so much. He knows what it's about. He he knows how to drag players through. We all know what type of player he is, right? There's there's no questions around him. He is. The second manager on the pitch, he's going to be shouting, he's going to be chasing, he's going to be kicking every single ball. Um, he is the spine of our team. And and regardless, like Fabinho, I seen on the media day where, you know, the Redman TV and everybody was there, Sky Sports rocking up at at, uh, at um, the AXA ground to, to watch the, the training. And Fabinho didn't even stop to talk to the Redman TV. He's like, I, I got to go. Treatment. I need treatment. I got to be ready for Saturday. And I was like, fucking right. Fucking right, Fabinho. Nobody, nobody stop that man. Get him into the ice bath right now. Um, so I've got a lot of hope for Fabinho. I've got a lot of hope for Thiago because of what Klopp has said. It kind of it wasn't as serious. I know it's an Achilles strain, and that can be tough to judge. Um, so, you know, hopefully he takes um, some some legally prescribed painkillers and, 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 and gets out there and... and He's the type of professional that we need, and and that can play through the pain barrier to a certain extent. If it's if it's too bad, then I don't want him risked from the start. But if it's if it's a if there's a slim chance, I'm talking if he's eighty percent fit, I would rather him start than be plugged in halfway through because I don't want that double sub situation, even with the five subs. But Klopp has brought along. Um, a couple of the youngsters apparently into the uh, uh, that are traveling as well. So Morton, you know, Morton, Beck, and uh, Reese Williams all made the trip, um, which is just bad news for Ox. You know, they're just bringing more kids, just less chance of a jersey. Harvey as well. I'm pretty sure Harvey's gone too. Yeah. So uh, Sparky Parky says Fab Tiago Keda for me. That's where I handle. Um, that for me would be a big surprise. Um, I personally see it where Keita plays if Thiago can't. Uh, I know he had the horror show in Madrid and was subbed off before the half, but that wasn't all on him. Uh, Trent was abysmal in that match. Uh, Keita was playing on the opposite side. He never plays well because he was playing on the right-hand side of the mid. And then on top of it, he wasn't in the form he was in today, and it was almost like he was thrown into that match to almost prove a point of I start Keita in Europe because he does better there. Where I do disagree uh, with Sparky is up front. He says Mo Bobby Mane. Um, as much as I love the sentimental idea of starting Bobby, and I think there's real value in that, I called for Bobby to start the league, no, the, the FA Cup final against City. I thought he might actually start the league match against City if he could get fit. But I'll tell you what, I was there on Sunday I watched him up front and close. His first touch is off. He's not a fully functioning, you know, operational battle station to steal a Star Wars reference. Um, Bobby? Bobby. And, and though he has a moment of magic in him, he can bring something from the bench. He brings you when – the, when the match gets slower and they have tired legs is when I'd like to see the maestro come in and pull the strings. So I think for that's me, fair, fair enough, yeah. uh, it's got it's it's just got to be Diaz, um, and I think Jota gives you the fox in the box to pop up and score a crazy goal, celebrate like a madman. You know he might get three touches and two of them might be in the back of the net, and I'll be totally fine with it if that's what happens. Uh, I just think that at this point it's Monty through the middle, and it's Diaz on the left and Mo on the right, and even if you started Bobby. I don't think it's fair to Sadio Mane to move him out to the left right now. And I don't want to see Bobby not being played through the middle at any point for LFC. So Look, I, for I, me, I, it's got to be Diaz. Right. I do agree with what Sparky's saying, though. Diaz doesn't give us 90 minutes, but that's only because the amount of minutes are in his legs this season. Like, he's played for 
Porto. And, you know, we all seen him, uh, you know, uh, FaceTiming with his Porto mates with his Liverpool jersey on, them celebrating the league. He's he's almost at 70 games as well. Mane and Mo are, are at 70 games um, come the final day. You know, what I will say about Bobby is kind of echoing what you're saying. I, I think... I think Bobby played well. Maybe maybe it's different. You know, maybe you can you could kind of zoom out a bit uh, watching on TV when, rather than you're at the stadium. Um, you know, I think Bobby was okay. Like considering considering how long he's 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 had to to sit on the sidelines. Um, I do I like you're saying. I do like the idea of him coming in and being that. Uh, creative and 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 added midfield defender attacking enigma that we all know he can be and 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 that link up play that that sexy little back heel and 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 you know listen it, you were there just one one side side note while I just reminded myself of back heels Tiago's back heel assist to Mane oh it was it was it was absolutely it was at the Fucking other end of the hell. pitch and it was. And it was still stunning. It was Fucking all hell. the way away from us. We could still see it. It was gorgeous. Seeing it at halftime in the hospitality room, um, where humble brag, I got to walk over and shake Yossi Ben Ayun's hand. Yes, the actual one, not the one who hangs out. Where's Boaz? Where's Boaz? Yeah, yep, yeah. Get Boaz in uh, here quick. Got a nice picture for him. But uh, I, I see Alan that Walnut too. Says, Alan Walnut says, Mo Bobby Mane up front, but bring on Diaz for the last 30 minutes. No, see, here's I want Diaz thing. from the start. I want Diaz from the start. Yeah. And and here's my thing. If you told me we had vintage Bobby, even mid-November Bobby, Roberto Firmino has started one match, I believe, since early March. And that was the Southampton match, just out of necessity on Tuesday. The the performance he put in wasn't one that unseats what has probably been our most in-form attacking player. And even if he's not bearing opportunities, and listen, he, there, and I'll tell you from firsthand seeing him right next to us, he is a, he is a selfish player. He's got a little bit of Suarez in him. It's a good thing. Um, we're going to see boatloads of goals from this kid, and I wouldn't be surprised if he is every bit as talismatic as Salah is as time goes on, as he starts to figure out the league and his angles and the defenders, but he offers more right now. And again, that aging back line, I think he does it from the rip. And I think Jota and Bobby and maybe even Divac will prosper from Diaz, Mo and Mane running them rampant yeah. for 60 to 70 minutes. Did you see, did you see the training um, this week, the training clip they, they released? So, Jota has a fucking unbelievable little dink. He dinks Ali, and Ali gets up off the ground and applauds him. And it, it's a beautiful thing. I think I think Jota's up for it. I think I think Mo's up for it because of his, his uh, press conference where he was sitting beside Hendo, and uh, they just asked the question. He's like, uh, "So who who's going to be who's going to who's going to get the winner?" And Mo just goes, "You know, hopefully me." <laughs> like like straight away um so look i think um i think we're primed i think we're ready to go i think everybody's got the hung hunger um you know this may sound like a strange thing to say but losing out on the premier league can do two things right it can it can deflate you it can also galvanize you and 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 also vice versa if we were were to have won the league it could have deflated us and it could have galvanized this as well there's there's lots of hypotheticals i'm throwing out here covering all my bases as, as per usual like to you know but you what gave I'm me all three is, answers right but what i'm saying is i think that we're primed ready to go i think um the hunger's there with players like hendo players like mo and, and players like diaz this is this is why we've signed a player like diaz um on the big stages where players like this shine and I don't care how many minutes are in their legs and I'm talking, I'm including Tiago in this big game players, quality European players, by the way, I'm starting Kanate beside Virgil as well. 
because of this European quality that I've been banging this European quality drum all. And I love Maddox. Don't get me wrong. Maddox amazing. But I think I'm starting Canada. And and I want I want big game players in this game from the start. And then we can make changes. I want to take the game to Madrid early on. And I, and Klopp made a, a thing saying that we've we've went down one goal in the past six games and come back to 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 win or draw in the past six games. And Klopp said, well, that's great practice for Real Madrid because it's not going to go your way all the time. Real Madrid could get a, a lucky early goal, but I want those big quality players to stand up and be accounted for and, and, and take account of themselves and take the game by the scruff of the neck. And I, I think I'm, I'm fairly confident we've got a better 11, whoever we put out, than, than Real Madrid. Well, the good news is, is I was about to shore you up, shut you up, and tell you we got two more topics to get to, and I wanted to ask you about Canate, but we agree on that. I think he'll start as well, so we'll we'll wrap up the lineup talk with that. I think we actually basically have the exact same lineup with the idea that if Thiago's not fit enough to start, we both expect Keita to be in there as his replacement, as he is the fourth best midfielder at the time. So and we're both starting Callagher and Nets then, yeah? Nah, you're <laughs> so um, this one came to us from a listener and uh, it was really cool. We had a, a Facebook message today actually ask us to touch on a matchup that he, uh, Vanat, had some real concerns about, which was Vinicius Jr. versus Trent. And the only thing I could find was their FIFA 20 matchup, which I'm sure Trent won. And I'm hoping Look he's going to how young win. and cute Trent looks there. Yeah. And you know what? Vinicius still looks 35. Somebody explain that <laughs> Brazilian water to me. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, the kid has played amazingly. He might be the most improved player in all of European football this year. Uh, him and Benzema combined 65 goals, 35 assists. That is bleeping ridiculous. Um, and he... You know, anyone who remembers last year's two legs, he ran rough shot over Trent. He scored the big goals. He did them with the dummy. Um, Trent was lucky not to be sent off when he lost his head and flashed heads with him on the sideline. Um, later on, VAR actually admitted that they missed it, that he should have been sent off. So I think there is some history there. It's part of the reason I believe it's really important that Kanate plays to offer cover and pace. I also think we're going to see a lot more attacking impetus put on the left-hand side, which is why I could see the triangle of Thiago, Robo, uh, Robo and um, Diaz being instrumental. Because I think as much as Trent wants to go forward, for 90 minutes, defense has to be his number one job. Because this right here, as good as Benzema is, this might be their best chance at breaking our back line. What say you, Jamie? I think, you know, look, for, for all you listeners uh, and watchers, we, we talk about a, we, a little post. Um, you know, before we get online, we talk about kind of what we're going to be talking about. Yes, we'll do bullet points. We're not going to like, it's not scripted. None of this podcast is scripted. That's not what I'm saying. But we will say, yes, we're going to talk a little bit about TAA and Vini. And I have to admit, I was like, oh, fuck. Don't really want to discuss the probabilities of this matchup because it's mad. Um, both fantastic uh, prospects. And, and the fact that we're still calling them prospects is kind of bullshit because they're, they're fully-fledged first-team members. They're brilliant, brilliant internationals. Um, you know, the, the, the amount of superlatives for both of these players, it's, it's, a, a, it's a real rock and a hard place. Who, who, who gave us this question? Uh, I believe it was it was uh, submitted from I believe a Facebook user with the last name Vanat V E N A. Oh, uh, yeah, VJ. Yes, VJ. VJ, what the hell, bro? Come on, man. That's a tough question. I'm used to Timuchin throwing knives and daggers and dodging them and ducking them. That's a real tough question, man. I, I look, I think, you know, yes, we can go back to 2019. I think. Um, Trent's much older, much wiser. Uh, 
the 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 whole problem with him defending has been thrown at him his whole career. I think that's quietly being stepped back a bit because he yes he 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 has got that drive to go forward always, and and with that he's kind of you know out of position sometimes. But he he inevitably gets back. And yes, we are looking at our centre back on the right-hand side to, to provide that cover as well. And the midfield on the right-hand side to, to do a bit of Trent's job. So there's three different players there that were kind of relying to help Trent. Well, two different players other than Trent to help with that triangle, right? So when Trent pushes up, midfield's got to come in central and, and kind of play three at the back. So, and, and then Trent's got to then, without ball in possession, got to get back and, and and do his role, fulfill his role and track back and get his foot in and, and push it out for a corner or push it up the line to, to Mo, who's then going to help. So it, it's a it's a great question. Um, it's a difficult matchup. It's it certainly, it's one for the ages and it's probably one we're going to be hearing about a lot more in future because, look, we're talking about European royalty. Look, number six, right there. And they've got 14, you know, 13, whatever it is, 13. They, they wore the 14 shirt. They think, they think they've got 14 wrapped up, Gally. And I know that Benzema's come out and said that Liverpool think that we've got this wrapped up and it's all revenge and everybody's lashing on to what Mo Salah said. Um, I think Trent's become a lot more mature since those FIFA 20 photo that we just seen, you know. Um, I think um, he's much stronger in defense stronger in attack i think he knows his role a bit more and i think we've got look i wish we had a lineup of 2019 because if you see the lineup of 2019 versus our potential lineup of 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 saturday's game it's a completely different team a completely different team you know we've got so much more quality we've got I, I genuinely believe we've got the better squad, but I, I think to put a finer point on the question at gunpoint, thanks VJ. It's a very difficult one, but I think Trent has got more nous about him now than he did obviously three years ago. But I think um, I think I think an attacker has got a high ceiling. Yes. But I think Trent's ceiling is so much higher because he's got so many much more facets to his game. He can attack, he can defend. I think I think Vinicius is in for a hard game. And it's not just because of Trent. It's because of what I said, midfield, Mo Salah, and our centre-back on the right-hand side all have to chip in to help him do his duties. Yeah, I completely agree. I thought it was a great question. Uh, it was a tough question. I think it's one of the few areas, if you were charting the pitch and doing like hots and colds, it's one of the few areas that they will actually have not an advantage, but they have, they will be targeting it as an area to try to create tactical moments that allow them to exploit mistakes. And if there's one thing that Carlo does, other than get sphincter this tight when he sees Liverpool Red walk into a stadium, um, you know, albeit the fact that he got asked 14 points up with only like 15 points remaining on the cards for Barcelona. And they were like, do you think the league has won? And he was like, I once lost the Champions League final up 3-0. I mean, come on. We're not in his head. What the hell? I'm taking up space. Carlo, yeah. I love the red wine. Back to Canada, brother. Um, yeah. And they but, he beat us in 2007. So it's not like he hasn't had red. He still can't you know get over mean? it. But we're still in his head. Exactly. So, Jamie, going to get you out of here on this. I know you're expecting a new flag and a new scarf with a seven on it and a crooked number, as they like to say. Um, but give me your prediction. Give me your scoreline. If you have a bold prediction or a game-winning goal score, how does this match unfold? Would 3-1 be two on the nose? I mean, I don't know. Sounds beautiful like to me. It does, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't want to get carried away. I always hate predictions, no matter what game, but especially on a big game. Like, I think, 
I think I'd be happy with a 2-1. I would be. I'd be happy with a 2-1. Um, but I honestly think it's going to be closer to a 3-1. I think I think we've got the firepower, and I think we've got it shut up shop in the back. We've got a look. No offense to Loris Karras, and I'm not even going to bring this up because it's a fucking non-topic. Allison's a better goalkeeper. Uh, Karius is the the better version of himself for having gone through what he's gone through. Have you seen him now? He's a, a bodybuilding tank. I mean, it, he looks like I. You could fit three of me into into Karius right now. He's he's beefed. That's what happens. He hasn't had to, he hasn't had to do anything except for work out for three seasons. But recently, they've integrated him back into training, and they 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 brought out the FA Cup to him, and they brought out the Carabao Cup to him, and he's been integrated. So I I kind of like that. Not to say that you know he he's going to ever play for Liverpool again. Those days are long gone, and thank God. Um, you know we've got a great goalkeeper in Allison. We've got brilliant new defenders in, in Canade and and Virgil. We've got a fantastic new midfield. I think we've got a unbelievable squad and and it it sounds it's almost like it, it's hard to believe the words that are coming out of my mouth we we do have a better squad than real madrid um i think we're going to beat them quite quite comfortably i think not quite comfortably because it's, it's always a big final but i think the score line is gonna be yeah 3-1 why not let's go all right um I I'm more thinking about my main man Stitch. I got this feeling that Stitch is gonna have one anxious, agitated owner mopping around, walking around the living room, you know, probably swearing in Turkish, half English, half Turkish, coming back to English. Um, I'm don't not with Turkey. I don't believe this will be a 3-0 win as much as I would love the 3-0 walk in the park. Please, for all of our listeners and viewers, give us your predictions and thoughts. I'm actually going to say I think this is going to be a classic, and I think there's going to be goals because I think there's offense on both sides. I just think there's too much class in red. I'm not saying it's going to be back and forth. I'm not saying there won't be a garbage time goal to make things close and the tight sphincter for 10 minutes at the end. But I'm going to go with a 3-2 Liverpool victory in regulation. It's going to be a classic. And don't kid yourself. There might be just one more moment in big number 27's Liverpool career because it just smells like a Saturday night in Paris. And Oh, you know, my God. I, the moment I it would be if that guy scored that goal on his last kick for the club, his last header. Um, if the ball could bounce off the side of his face, he'd probably forget it went in. He wouldn't even know where he was. Um, but we'll always remember him no matter what. So with that, we're going to see off the Reds how we always see off the Reds on a Thursday podcast on the way to the Champions League final in Paris. Jamie, take us out. Lad. I All right. I can't be singing too loud. You know what? Fuck it. Champions League. We're never gonna stop from Paris to Turkey. We want the fucking lot faster. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Enjoy the Champions League final. Join the Discord channel if you're gonna watch this match alone. If you're on the road and you're questioning where to watch it, go to www.americanscouser.com. Click on our interactive bar map. I'm gonna put a public service announcement out on Facebook because I think I've dropped that map in about 20 different posts today. We're going to share that on all the different mediums. If you're ever wondering where to see things, if you're thinking about how you can learn more or get involved with us, volunteer through our site, send us a message, send us your questions, send us your feedback, tell us how much you hate us, shoot a goddamn flare at me if you need to. At the end of the day, <laughs> we appreciate the feedback. We appreciate all you. Up the Reds. Here's Up to number the number Reds. Do yourselves a favor. Read the Reds article. Read the Rice article. Get your heart Read the Rice up. article, people. It'll get you fired up. Great show, Jamie. Thank you to all of our contributors. Give us a like, share, follow. Don't forget we're on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, any other medium. If there's something out there I don't know about yet, well, come volunteer and run it for the website. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Here's to number seven.